space. Well, not really. Take two. Here, in the Mitten State, welcome to Code 47, bringing you all things Star Trek, spanning the quadrants, the best things as the neutral zone. Oh, and we're back with the Code 47 podcast on the Secret Friends Unite Podcasting Network. I am your humble servant, Trek Lord of West Michigan, Charlie Carden, coming at you full tilt, warp 12 with my uh, my co-pilots, my my partners in crime. That would be Aaron and Rich. Sound off, you guys. Hey. Uh, I, I'd like my title to be changed to uh, Trek Land Baron of uh, Southern Minnesota. Is that okay? The, the, uh, can we? The, can, Trek, can we Trek, collectively Trek can we collectively be raring raring <laughs> like you're you're always raring to go for another recording eh? Eh? yeah eh? all right oh my goodness anyway episode 36 we are coming at you with the back half of season two of star trek discovery this was our big departure where we said you know what we have a schedule but you know what Fuck the schedule. We're going to do what we want. And here we are. We just said, you know what? We're going to keep the gravy train of Discovery rolling. At this point, we might even roll into Season 3. Who knows what we're going to do? We're totally unpredictable. I don't know. We're gonna, we'll leave that matzo ball hanging out there. But without further ado, so that uh, Rich's air conditioning project doesn't destroy our show, uh, <laughs> as, as my being late because the wife and I are watching a movie, uh, let's jump right on in with, uh, you, you know, we covered the first seven last week. Uh, we are kind of neck deep in the uh, Captain Pike commanding Discovery. They're chasing around the Red Angel and the, the Red Bursts. Um, but now we're all the way up to episode eight. Uh, which was Cliff hung from last week's episode. So, Rich, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, do you want me to read the previously part that we have on here? Why not? All right. Previously, the Enterprise visited Talos IV, where Pike and Spock met the Talosians, beings that can create incredible illusions. Pike fell in love with Vina, an injured Federation crewman in the Talosians' care, but... She was unable to leave the planet while Pike chose to return to the Enterprise. Starfleet banned future visits to Talos 4. Now, very well, wait, wait, that's look. very well written. Yeah, that it is. is. That's amazing. Wait, is that you? Did yeah. you do that, Aaron? That was Aaron. That was all Aaron. <laughs> Round of, oh, sorry. Woo! It was good. I liked it. It, it. it flows so much better than any of that Wikipedia stuff that we uh, that we get. But now... Burnham and Spock secretly travel to Talos IV, where the Talosians heal Spock's mind in exchange for Burnham's memories of young Spock. The latter reveals that the that he mind-melded with the Red Angel, a time traveler trying to stop a galactic catastrophe in the future. Culber confronts Tyler, but re- realizes that he is going through a similar crisis. Discovery... Discovery collects Spock and Burnham after the Talosians help Vina contact Pike by telepathy, telepathy illusions of Spock and Burnham for the, for section 31 to capture as a distraction. Escaping Discovery and its crew become fugitives from Starfleet. I got a little confused there at the end. Do you know what I did there? I, I literally just took out half the words. Oh my God. <laughs> and wow. Yeah. Still, and it still says the same thing. That's yeah, that's some poor ass editing for the person who wrote it. But hey, what that's a great hysterical. what a great kickoff. And I think this episode kind of really drives home modernizing visuals from the from the the sixties because the cage the cage was filmed in nineteen sixty four. That's the unaired Star Trek pilot that of course all of us have seen and uh, Gene Roddenberry kind of rolled it out in uh, I've never in, I've never I've never seen it. What are you talking about? It actually is on Netflix. If you go there, it's at the, it's under this, it's under the season three of TOS, but, but essentially you kind of have seen it. If you've seen the, the, the menagerie, the two part season one uh, of TOS, which, which kind of tells the story book ended with, you know, Pike melt, you know, in the chair, which is his, you know, being radiation burden, which is his future. So we'll talk a, about that later, Charlie. Oh, well, I, all right. I'm teasing. I'm sorry. They're already listening <laughs> to the episode. I mean, you know, I didn't think we're we're trying to not spoil like ten minutes in advance. But, hey, did you uh, like how all the retro sounds that we got to hear? Yes, that, well, that's what yeah. I was gonna say. That's what I was gonna say before you so, clearly interrupted me. Oh my I god! I did. I'll oh do it again. I know you will. But uh, no, this was a great example of of updating things because obviously you have 
you know, a different actress. It's Melissa George in this case, portraying Vina, who was Susan Oliver in the 60s and who's dead now. So same thing with Jeffrey Hunter, who was Captain Pike. Um, but even, you know, the Telosians planet looked, you know, it's, it's filmed in that same rock quarry in Canada that you see stand in for a lot of things. Um, and so it doesn't look quite so quite so, you know, stage nine kind of set, you know, that, you know, they, 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 they did it as an external set, but just, and they, they updated the Telosians, their gears a little fancier and their heads aren't quite as big, but, um, I love the Starfleet shuttlecraft that you see in this. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, from discovery. It looks like it goes for days. <laughs> it just looks gigantic. And something else that I noticed, those shuttlecraft have this, have a shelf life of over 200 years because you see the same shuttlecraft in Picard. Same paint job, same shuttlecraft. So oh, really? that's that's interesting that you never really think about that, you know, because shuttles, what do they do in Star Trek? They just get blown up. So you never really think about them sticking around. But I guess the shuttle, it's, you know, it's not like your Ford Fusion or whatever where it's going to die after 200,000 miles. Shuttlecraft can be around for 200 years and it's no, it, it, it ain't no great shakes. So the spaceships... Um, the starships can actually be around for a while too. And I learned that when I was taking some just like fun yes. engineering courses, uh, I mean, and after enterprise they could, I think the life was like a hundred years. So I guess it makes sense that a shuttle could be around for 200 years. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah, it's all about the whole life for uh, the, the whole life of it. Right. Well, and they can refit them. They can upgrade them. They can freshen them up too, you know? I didn't have a lot to say about this episode because I've got all I had to hold it back. I've got a lot to say about everything else. <laughs> I believe it. But one last thing uh, about Culber and, um, you know, Jack Ash Tyler throwing down. I love it that everybody in Starfleet must be in the first year takes that class on how to kick ass because everybody you ever bump into in Starfleet is like a master ass kung fu fighter. <laughs> I like how Saru guys, is just like let him fight it out. We're like we're good. We're not but we're good. Yeah, everybody in Starfleet knows how to whoop ass. I mean, just absolutely everybody. So I love that. But yeah, it's it's kind of cool to to see that that growth moving along. So Richie, any thoughts in uh, on this one before we move on? I have a question. Charlie has answers. I hope so. Why didn't Spock know that Burnham was the Red Angel? Or not Burnham. Was it Burnham's mom? Wasn't that what it was? It was. Am I spoiling it? It it was, and later it... uh, I don't know. Later it gets revealed. He he may not have worked that out, because you can only get so much information during a mind meld. And you have to understand that this woman has been traveling for like a hundred and something years or Mm. something like that. So he probably was just looking for specific information and got what he needed. Mm. Right. Okay. Right. That adds up. That adds up. All right. I I can dig it. Okay. I made Uh, it up, but it sounds good. All right. That, 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 that works for me too. Um, All right. Moving on. Episode nine, Aaron, you are up. Admiral Cornwall boards discovery to interrogate Spock and brings video footage showing Spock murdering his doctors. Saru discovers that Section 31 faked the footage using holograms, and Cornwall directs Discovery to Section 31 headquarters, where Starfleet's control AI is kept. Control is behind the forgery and has been directing Section 31 to pursue Spock. Burnham, Security Officer Nunn, and Arium beam into the headquarters to find Section 31's leadership dead after Control turned off the life support systems. Cyberdyne systems! Well, that's what it says. I'm just reading it. <laughs> no, no, I mean it's that's totally that's total Skynet shit right there. That's that's, that's, that's where uh, we're Skynet, at. yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Arium is tasked with restoring the control or restoring control to Starfleet's intended purposes. The virus from the future she carries to control itself it, What? That doesn't make sense. And she attempts to upload the sphere's knowledge and all of the AI into control's database. Arium has to be ejected into space before control gains the knowledge it wishes. Non ejects Arium into space and the shocked crew mourns her. I had to rewrite this as much as I could without I tried not to mess up the integrity of it. But a lot of it was wrong. Like it said Burnham ejects Arium and I know that she didn't. Like right. just some of the facts were wrong in the synopsis. I don't know. I'm thinking you should go into Wikipedia yourself. You should copy this over to Wikipedia. Um yeah. But anyway, here's another great episode that's an example of everybody knows how to whoop ass because they're all kung fu fighting at the end. But this was Holy another crap. 
this was another kind of crappy example of a character that w- it reminded me of poor Lieutenant Carey from Voyager. You saw him in like four or five episodes in season one. You didn't see him for six years. And then he shows yeah. up so that, so, so that they could kill him. <laughs> That's what was going on with this, because it was like Arium is I don't even if she ever got a name, it was like very slap shot. Uh, and it's like, and now, honestly, now the they didn't really they didn't give a shit about her until this episode. <laughs> Right, exactly. So that was kind of a bummer. Um, but anyway, this is the episode where things, obviously, things start to come together. And like I said, it's so layered. It's like you got control, and then you got the virus from the sphere. And when they get together, it's just ah, uh, this is why I feel like I got to go back and watch this more. So it's just it's very layered. It's a very I, super I watched, layered plotline. I watched this episode um, three times. I watched it when we were doing the first one. Um, be, just because I went over and then I watched it again when I was watching to do this podcast and I started it over and watched it again after that because it, you're, you're right. It's so layered. It's really intense. It might be probably, it might be the most intense episode of that they've had on the series. Right. It's, it's, it's nuts. It's nuts. But yeah, they're like, um, I mean, they're, they're, you know, this is really moving the ball forward and you're like, oh my God, what are they going to do next? What are they going to do next? So it's, it's, it's nutty. It's absolutely nutty. I have some Um, notes. Yes, please. Um, Admiral Cornwall is a badass as usual. I love her. Jane, (laughs) I was going to say Jane Lynch. It's not Jane Lynch. What the hell is her name? Jane Jane something. something. Yeah. Jane Jane something. something. Don't tell mom the baby's, yeah, don't tell mom the babysitter's dead lady. (laughs) Right. She's well, so she's so good in this. But she's just such a badass. Um, on Arium, um, you know something bad will happen. Um, but I I didn't realize they were gonna kill her off. Like the first time I remember seeing this, I was like, oh, I don't really remember her. You know, like a red shirt. Like something bad will happen. But I didn't think it would go full red shirt and they would kill her off. So it was kind of emotionally intense for me. I wonder if Burnham would have killed her if none hadn't. Do you think she would have? Uh, I mean, you know, Burnham, she's all tears and emotion. I mean, but you've never really seen her kill anybody. I mean, she's so like, I'm going to cry about it. I mean, I don't know. But, yeah, not as very stone cold. But, you know, even Arium said, I'm, I'm going to kill you. I'm out of control. you got to flush me. So, boop. So, they I also, don't know. They hint that Arium's going to be back in season four. And I wonder how they're going to work that in if it's true because I, I can't figure that out. How the well, hell would that I, even I, work? Right. Are they going to find her thousand-year-old body floating through the cosmos <laughs> and reanimate her? Because that's where oh, they're man. at. You know, that's where they're at in season four. So I don't know, Richie. What Richie? What do you think? Well, I thought this was like you guys said, really intense. And I, I tend to have a sixth sense about these things. I had a feeling that something was going to go wrong with Arium, and I had a bad feeling that she was going to die. And of course, it got. You know, I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, but I, you know. I tend to be able to tell these things for some reason. Can, can you can you sense death just like the Kelpians? Yes, kind of, kind <laughs> of. Although my I don't have my throat ganglia anymore. Yeah, they got chopped off. Anyway, no, I just I just I knew that I knew that she was done for, and maybe it was because they hadn't done anything with her, and then all of a sudden she's part of this really important mission, and it's like exactly. It's the Lieutenant Carey press, but you know she becomes the red shirt. So yep. Lieutenant, Lieutenant Carey Paradigm. That's what I'm right. going to call it. Right. Oh, man. All right. Episode, episode 10. I guess, Richie, this one bounces back to you. The, there's, oh. a little, there's a little treat in here for you, Rich. Oh, there's oh, a little oh, treat. Sweet. All right. Go for it. All right. Episode 10. Red, the Red Angel, episode the 10. Red Angel. Arium system is purged, out of, purged of the control virus along with the other control systems around Starfleet before her funeral. Tilly discovers a bioneural scan of the Red Angel in Arium's code that matches Burnham. Leland reveals that Section 31 built the Red Angel suit 20 years ago in a temporal arms race with the Klingons that Burnham's parents had been a part of and that Burnham's parents had been a part of that program. And ultimately, Leland was responsible for her parents' deaths. They now plan to use Burnham as bait for the Red Angel. Discovery travels to SOF 4 where there is enough power to energy to power their trap. Burnham is left out of the planet's out in the planet's unbreathable atmosphere until the red angel appears to save her. Leland's section 31 ship 
can close the wormhole behind the Red Angel to stop future control from following her through, though Leland is attacked by the present control, which is still active within the ship. The Red Angel is caught in the trap and revives the momentarily dead Burnham, who recognizes the figure as her mother. She's all like, Mom? <laughs> what, 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 what? <laughs> oh, my God. It's just so much more going on in this. You know what I mean? Controls here, but controls in the future. And I just, I got to go back and watch this again. I still feel like I don't get it. Um, but... I, I think, and even just looking at the recap, the thing that, that kind of bugs me out is just like with last season and how the Klingons, you know, biologically altered Ash Tyler to Klingonerize him and, and make him Vok. <laughs> um, the Klingons don't do sciencey shit. Klingons no, are all don't. about Klingons are all about stabbing and, and eating the heart of their enemy and not, not and smelling bad and I can't even believe they have warp-capable ships because they're just, they're not science people. So, again, this would make a lot more sense to me if it was like, oh, it's a temporal arms race with the Romulans because the Romulans are, you know, bad versions of the Vulcans. They're, you yeah, know, but they, the, the method that they, they use to turn Leland, just like stabbing him in the eye is awesome. Yeah, I just get jabbed back in. He's like, with all the black stuff going around. And, yeah, and again, it's just... Uh, Woo, I got to watch this sucker again. So, so intense and, and packing it up. And again, really emphasizing the very episodic, you know, arc based nature of this show. It's like, man, if you tuned in to this one or the next one, you would have no clue. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Rich? Uh, OK, I really liked it. I thought it was I thought it was a good episode in retrospect. But at the time, my first thought was, OK, this is it's her mom, <laughs> you know, I, my yeah, first when she's thought, all like, Mom? She's all like, Mom? But my first thought was, wait a minute. Come on. When has Star Wars been, or Star Wars, when has Star Trek been Star Wars? When has Star Trek, and don't say J.J. Abrams, when has Star Trek been about generational uh, issues? You know what I mean? Like, other than, like, Kirk, like, musing about his father, there really hasn't been, like, or musing about his son, I guess there really hasn't been like this generational thing in in Star Trek, and this felt like it felt I, like they were stealing I feel, a page I feel from Star like Wars. I feel like you're kind of right, but I can think of one really good example of it, Late on and me. it's that episode of DS9, and it's the same kind of tether that's used with um with Jake and his father. So, oh, the visitor. Right, Season the four. visitor, yeah. and okay, and this yeah. this whole idea of the red angel seems to me like it's based on the visitor. Okay. So there's this tether. Um. So I hear what you're saying, but that's an example that's exactly the same. I I guess what I was going for is more of a oh the mom and dad were involved in it. She's going to kind of carry on with mom and dad's stuff a little bit with the red angel thing. Right. It, that made me feel that made it feel like the Skywalkers. And don't get me wrong, I like Star Wars, but I don't like I don't like my peanut butter and my chocolate, if you know what I mean. Mm, gotcha. It's definitely so, not a Reese's situation. I got it. Right. Yeah. So, but but that but that initial reaction just kind of like fades after we get into the further episodes, where you know it doesn't become like that. That was like my first knee jerk reaction to it. So right. I just thought that would be kind of important to bring up because it was a knee-jerk reaction at the time. So I hear you. Mm, so any, any other thoughts? Um, I just kind of liked that you can see the evolution of Spock and how he's starting to empathize and get over his personal bullshit with Burnham. Big um, time. Otherwise, I kept this one short because my next two, man, I've got some stuff. <laughs> there's there, there's some stuff. Well, why don't we get it rolling with number uh, 11? And Aaron, this is uh, for you. Uh, Perpetual Infinity. When Michael's parents' laboratory was attacked by Klingons, <laughs> Michael's mother made the time travel suit go back in time an hour and warn them of the attack. She instead arrived 950 years in the future to find all sentient life destroyed by control. Tethering herself to a nearby planet, Dr. Burnham made over 840 attempts to change the future, including moving humans to her planet, Terralysium, to test how she can change history. Trying to stop control from gaining the sphere's data, Dr. Burnham was responsible for crossing paths with Discovery. 
Now the Discovery crew plans to upload the data into the suit and send it to the future where Control cannot access it while keeping Burnham, Dr. Burnham in the present, but Control-possessed Leland intercepts their download. Giorgio and Tyler confront Leland um, in a very badass way, with Tyler totally. gravely injured but able to warn Discovery, finally his redemption. Um, the crew is forced to cut the transmission and release Dr. Burnham back to the future with the suit now damaged. Control Leland escapes with half of the sphere data, which is not correct. It was not half of it. It was, was 40. It like I think 40, it was 40, 40%. Yeah. Gotcha. Ooh. Oh, things are getting so intense. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. Up. We got some, we got some mother daughter drama, which, you know, I'm sure any mother and a daughter can appreciate or really anybody uh, who is a child with a, a parent. Uh, it's just, just some real serious shit going on. So yeah, it's all the fingers of it are coming together. And, um, yeah, the Terry Elysium part, it was funny when you reread that, it was like, that finally helped me understand. It's like, why were they doing the Terry Elysium? It's like, there's just so damn much. I just like all of the Star Trek. I, I really have my hands. I feel like I really have my hands around it when I'm watching this. I'm like, uh, what's going on? <laughs> but it's still, it's so amazing. It's great storytelling. So, um, this is great. And again, yes, the super ass whooping uh, thing down on the planet. Uh, everybody going back and forth and sh getting shot and doing this and that. And it's just, it's extremely intense. But again, just, you know, another waypoint, an another flash along the trail of the Red Angel. It's just to keep things moving. It's just, it's incredible. It's good stuff. Mm -hmm. For me personally, I finally didn't hate Tyler anymore. Um, I've hated redemption. him. I've right. It was redemption for, for me personally. I've hated him. I've hated his stupid ass name the whole <laughs> series up to this point. Like even when they have him in, like in, confined to his quarters, I'm like, oh, I hate the guy, so I don't care. <laughs> Stay there with your scruffy beard and your nappy hair. He just he, ooh, he looks he looks like he smells. <laughs> I I wanted to talk um a minute on the dynamic between Giorgio and Dr. Burnham, because it's interesting to me when they have the conversation and um, I love Giorgio's maternal instincts that she already has, mm -hmm. but then her mother, you know, says basically, thank you for everything you've done for my daughter. And she's like, uh, I'm mirror Giorgio. And she's like, bitch, I know, I know. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> and wow. thank you. Wow. Exactly. Oh, it's so great. Yeah, it's you're a right really there. cool mother, mother yeah. um, thing that's happening there. And, and I, I really loved that. The, the, this extrasensory perception that Dr. Burnham has. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Oh, chilling. It's a good moment. It's a good moment. I have a question about the Ash Tyler redemption arc. Do you feel like this felt more redemptive because of how long it went because of how long it took to tell his story? Or do you think that yeah. it was just the right amount of time? I don't think for me, it has anything to do with time. I think he finally did something um, that wasn't kind of douchey or whiny. Um, <laughs> and, and he, I, I do. That's how I feel about it. But then, you know, that you don't see him and you think he's dead and you have mm -hmm. this whole thought process of like, Oh, he's finally not a douche. That's a shame. And then he comes back like injured and you know what he's done. I was happy to see him back. So hmm. that's kind of where I came up with the conclusion that it was some redemption for me. I guess I felt I meant like in, in overall, do you feel like it took too long for him to get redeemed? Or yeah, I thought that? I thought this whole time, how are they going to fix this character? Because this character mm -hmm. sucks. I wanted to just get rid of him a long time ago. Right. <laughs> You would have just written him out. You would have just been like, yeah, get out. Yeah. yeah, I would have written him out. I'm like, bye. I'm, I'm new on the show and I need to fix it. And this is broken. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah. Mm, 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 mm. I don't know. Yeah, no, I like I said, I yeah, I never warmed to the character. And, and I mean, I talked about how the whole Klingon arc in the first half of the season just kind of annoyed me. Um, but at least in this next episode, they're kind of bringing that back around again. So uh, episode 12, Through the Valley of Shadows. Richie, this is you. A new signal appears over Boreth, where a Klingon monastery is located for monks to guard time crystals and where Tyler and Lorel left their son to be raised. 
Pike visits the monastery to retrieve a time crystal and finds the son is now fully grown, a fully grown adult named Tenavik. I think is that. Yeah, I think think that's right. Tenavik. Uh, Tenavik explains that life on Boreth is affected by the crystals and that if Pike takes one, he will not be able to change the future that if that it shows him. Pike sees a future where he is severely disfigured in an accident, but chooses to take the crystal anyway. Burnham and Spock investigate a Section 31 ship that had checked in 10 minutes later than usual and find that all the crew or find all the crew dead except for one, Cameron Gant, an old colleague of Burnham who had been possessed by control and attempts to take over Burnham. Spock learns that he can stop control with magnetism and they attempt or they escape back to Discovery. The Section 31 fleet soon arrives, forcing Pike to order Discovery to be destroyed to keep the sphere data away from control. I basically had to rewrite that whole thing um, because this was the worst one. It was so <laughs> it's, bad. it's just the worst. So Spock has a magnetic personality. Uh, mm-hmm. um, again, great kung fu fighting. Um, but mm-hmm. but again, Burnham is is always nonstop. She's got mad Vulcan skills. You don't really see Spock do much, much fighting, I think in this. So, but you know, he knows how to kick ass. So anyway, that's, that's my, that's my ass kicking update, but yeah, you get a portrayal of, um, of uh, Pike's future, which we learned about in the menagerie. You learned that, um, he goes on to become fleet captain and, uh, he's, I believe he's at the Academy. This is really his story happens maybe a year prior to the start of the original series. So like six or seven years after this episode. And of course we're going to get, you know, strange new worlds, which will happen within that time, but he gets promoted to fleet captain. He's a, he's an instructor at the Academy. He's out with some cadets on a ship. Uh, there's an accident. He's uh, forced to stay behind in a radiation chamber while he's rescuing cadets. And that's why he gets all, mel- he gets all melted and all he can respond is with beeps and boops and from his chair. Uh, but you learn really to me what a heroic character Pike is because he sees this, he understands and he does this it anyway, right? He's hor- yeah, he's horrified by it, but he says, you know what? This he is for all his fate. Well, this is yep. for all the marbles. This is this is the needs of the many versus me. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, and that's what his job literally is, and he mm-hmm. unselfishly does it. I loved that part of it. Yeah, I love, it's love, fantastic. Yeah, I love, and I and I'm very proud. I mean, you guys have seen you know, the different photo shoots and stuff I've done as Pike cosplaying. I am proud to, to portray that character. He's spectacular. I love him. Absolutely love Captain Pike. And I love that that's, that's that, that my, you know, my. That's training. why I had a baby with him. I, <laughs> wow. I, I, I'm jealous um, because that I can't have a baby with him. So, oh, well, uh, <laughs> you, you definitely have my respect for that. Um, but, uh, yeah, this was, this, this shit was intense. And again, it moves the ball forward, uh, mm-hmm. to what we're, what we're teeing up to this. Oh God, the two part conclusion. I can't take it, but <laughs> I'll let you guys comment on this one first, please. Rich, you want to go first? Sure. I just want to say that like the, the moment where Pike sees his future, it was intense and it was emotional, but it was, it was so fulfilling because <laughs> They're wedging this in there just perfectly. Do you know what I mean? Like you're getting this. It's like a little puzzle piece that they're just clicking right into place about like what we're going to get from Pike, like his what his life is before we see him in the original series. And I grew up watching the original series. That was what that was my Star Trek. That was what was on when I was a kid. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I, this was great. This was a great callback. It was a great moment. And I loved it. I loved it. And that was the point where I was like. Man, I hope they do more of this. And then somehow I found out, I think it was you, Charlie, that emailed me and or messaged me on Facebook and said, hey, they're going to be doing this. And I wanted to pee my pants. It was great. <laughs> Big time. Yes, yes. Good stuff. Good stuff. Stranger right. Worlds. Can't wait. Aaron. I found myself, again, I, I felt this way the first time, wishing that they used more Jet Reno just because she's so awesome. But I don't know if they realize she'd be such a popular character so hopefully moving forward they use her a lot more but i liked it when she said i'm an engineer not a poet that that was really (laughs) funny um i know that i mentioned this last week and you told me not to get ahead of myself so i'm going to bring it up again (laughs) since um and laurel's son aged so fast at the monastery 
Is it possible that he existed when Worf visited the monastery? That's a good perspective, but I don't know that we saw You'd have to go back and watch the Rightful Heir episode to see if there was an albino Klingon yeah, in that episode. Yeah, but, but, wasn't, well, but would it be, what do you think? Do you think it could be possible? I mean, it depends on how long Klingons live, because again, yeah. that's, that's, that, that's over 100 years after this episode. At right. regular it dep- time. It depends on how, in regular time, but he's right. with time crystals. It allowed him to age into an adult that fast. Who's to say that he wouldn't then begin once he reached adulthood to age really slowly and it would take like, him 500 uh, like, years to die? Like Wolverine from the X-Men. Yeah, Same I just thing. think that's something that could be explored. I, I don't I don't necessarily disagree. And I would what's think inter- it'd be pretty cool. What's interesting, too, is I was just watching uh, DS9, the Way of the Warrior episode today. And when Worf, that's when Worf joins the cast of that show. And before he came to DS9, he was studying with the clerics at Boreth. So wouldn't that be a fun story? Maybe he and Worf got to spend some time together in that episode as well. You don't know. Could be could be a a, a spinoff non canonical comic book or something. Who's to say? But if it's a comic book, Aaron wouldn't read it, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> all right. <laughs> oh, that's all right. Oh my God. Okay, you guys. Sweet Sorrow, parts one and parts two. Just jump on in. All right. Are we gonna do part one and then talk about it, and then do part two and talk about it? Uh, dealer's choice. What do you want to do? I'd rather do it that way. Okay. Works for me. Okay. Agreed. All right. Part one, Discovery escapes the rendezvous with Enterprise and Discovery is evacuated onto other starships. They initiate the self-destruct, but the sphere data takes control of Discovery systems and prevents this. It also defends itself from torpedoes. Burnham proposes that the time crystal be used to take Discovery itself into the future where control cannot get to it planning to wear a copy of her mother's suit to lead the ship there. Pike agrees and resumes command of the Enterprise to keep control distracted. A new signal appears, leading Discovery and Enterprise to the planet Zaheya, which is ruled by Tilly's friend, Queen Mi Hani Ika Hali Kapo. We're going to call her Poe. That works <laughs> for me. brilliant engineer, Poe helps Stamets, Tilly, and Reno prepare the suit and time crystal for the journey. Some of the Discovery's crew choose to stay with Burnham, as does Giorgio, while Pike makes Saru acting captain. As the Section 31 fleet arrives, Discovery and Enterprise prepare for a battle when the suit and time crystal are finalized. Damn. So yeah, much going on. happening. Oh, I mean, yep. you're, getting, you know, you're, getting, you're getting the Enterprise back in the mix. And again... You know, looking around Enterprise, it's a great view of, you know, the neckbeards and the diehards. Like, well, it's not, that's not what the Enterprise looked like, because blah, 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 the original series and this and that. <laughs> you can't have, and Richie, you're a diehard of TOS. I respect that. Yep. But tell me, tell me if you agree that if when they made this episode, all the sets looked exactly like they did in 1964, if no. you think that would look great or that would look like shit. No, that would look terrible. That would look terrible. Exactly. So. Like- they, they have they, to have they, a modern aesthetic. They have. Yeah, you've got to modernize it. You've got to modernize it. And they were they were working under specific constraints in 1964. You can't. You're, going back is is asinine. You've got to go forward, and that's what they did. And I love it. I absolutely love it. Yes, I am a TOS uh, stan or whatever you want to call it. But Charlie and I are not. Yeah, but we're, we're, I yes. But I love this new Enterprise, and I want to see more of it. You know, I'm. I, I did. Well, I'm too. I, to I did too. Mm-hmm. My issue with the original series is Captain Kirk. I I don't like the over the top, over dramatic acting. <laughs> I don't like it. And Pike is a lot different, so right. I can get behind this a lot easier. Um, you know, William Shatner's not in it. Yeah. 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 We have an assignment for Aaron, and I'm going to say oh. the we because I'm Richie. I'm pulling you into this too. You need to watch the cage and give us some feedback. Okay, I think I might. I think okay. I, I think I might do like write a whole thing on it um, right after I do it, so that I have like a brand new person perspective. Yes, and the three I of like us that. can um, can um, unpack that. Journey I like that. Together. I like that. I think that that could that could be a special episode or a standalone or something. But at any rate, um, oh, I I I just love it. I just ugh, watching this and then watching what we get into the second episode with the the fleet and th- this space battle gave us everything. 
everything that was like gross and disgusting and horrible about JJ Trek that was like uh, like the 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 ship that with Eric Bana is the the Romulan and the mining <laughs> ship. But if you read the background comic, it was a mining ship that had Borg technology. It was just the whole thing was a fucking mess. Just for me, this makes all of it go away. This I, all makes. I all like of it. that they kind of circled back to having a Shakespearean title for this. Yeah. Did, did you notice that they kind yes. of got away from it, but they did it again. And I'm not going to do the quote for you guys. Cause I'm sure that annoys you, but Doesn't um, annoy me. Just, just know I'm thinking about it. She's thinking about um, it. Hey, Nothing what did you guys? How did you guys? Um, lo- I know you loved it. How did you love how they took a short Treks character and like yes. it into this series? That, that was, was very yeah. cool. That's the beauty of Star Trek as a whole. Because if you, it, it, I really can't think of anything else in modern entertainment. Let's say you know from the 1960s forward that has such world building that you can weave in and out. I mean, Star Wars tries, and they've had their success. Original offense, they've had their successes and they've had their failures. But Star Trek nails it. You have this 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 universe, these quadrants of these worlds and these things that it happened in this series and it happened in that series and it went backwards and it went forwards. But yes, the short tracks were a revolution when they came along because nobody's ever had, oh, it's, it's only 13 minutes. What? And it's a complete story and it's just a little blurb and then it's on again. So yeah, that was awesome. I love that. And her relationship with Tilly was, was really adorable, but you know, really brought home, um, that the short treks really do matter, which makes me. Ooh, sorry, oh, we're, bo- we're boring him. <laughs> I would, I would say Oxford would be yelling at me, but thank God, thank God you guys are here to do it too. But um, you know, the short treks were kind of a thing out of themselves because there was the one with the discovery in the future, and there's a guy that stumbled upon it. And I thought, uh, you know, how's this all going to come to fruition? But it may still. You never know. But I, um, I have not seen short treks yet, guys. Oh, well, then we, 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 as we discussed this evening. Yeah, uh, I, I have a little drunk. I have a little project for us. Um, we don't have to talk about it on here, but it'll oh, be fun. Will be fun. All right. So anyway, those are my thoughts on part one. So anything else before uh, you guys? What are your guys' thoughts before we roll forward into the finale? Oh, my God. I kind of like snuck mine in. Um, full disclosure, Rich, I didn't wasn't able to edit much of the part two because it it was hard to, um, oh so the, the <laughs> verbiage is going to be bad. I'm sorry. Oh God. I'm at the, uh, the, um, what do you call it? The whims of the, uh, of Wikipedia people. The whims. Of... <laughs> oh boy. I know if they would pay, like I would sign up to rewrite this crap. Cause it's just garbage, <laughs> but I'm too busy to do it for free. <laughs> All right. We moving on to two then. Yeah. Go bring us it. help. Yes, do, do it. it. Tyler retrieves the Klingon fleet to assist in the battle while Serana arrives with Ba'ul fighters after receiving a farewell message from Saru. Stamets is seriously injured and is cared for by Culber. A Section 31 torpedo penetrates the Enterprise without detonating, but a secondary secondary detonation kills Cornwell after sealing off the surrounding area. Wow, they really downplayed that, didn't they? That's not what happened. I know, they were just like, hey, guess what? This happened. Oh. Yeah, yeah right. Oh, there you go. Oh. Good stuff. Just tossing it out there. Control Leland boards Discovery and is defeated when Giorgio men- ma- magnetizes the nanites in his body, allowing Section 31's fleet to be destroyed. In the suit, Burnham travels to the past and sets the five, an- five signals that led them to this point. She then sets a sixth for Discovery to follow as she travels forward over 900 years and promises to set a seventh when they arrive. The Enterprise tells Starfleet that Discovery was destroyed in the battle and are ordered. The Enterprise tells Starfleet that Discovery was destroyed in the battle and are ordered never to speak of it again or the crew on Spock's recommendation. Wow, I really effed that one up. Tyler is placed in command of Section 31. Months later, the Enterprise detects the seventh, seventh signal as it begins a new adventure. Adventures. Wow. Now let's let's at least address the elephant in the room that this was a super convenient way <laughs> to make sure that the spore drive was never spoken of again. Right. Yeah. That nobody knows that Spock had a foster sister, <laughs> and that anything that happened in the past two years, it, it, it doesn't have to be retconned in any fashion. It never happened. It's not real. 
you never see another crossfield class ship again because I guess well there would have at least been three because there would have been the USS Crossfield which is the the maiden ship of the line there was Discovery and there was the Glen which was the ship they had to blow up uh, early in the, uh, the early on um, so th- that part is kind of super duper convenient that being <laughs> that being said everything else about this episode is absolutely spectacular visually amazing the emotional stuff between Burnham and, and, and Spock and, and really again her her dying oh yeah her, they're like her dying, best her, friends her mm-hmm. dying wish her dying request says you know let people in find you know find a friend maybe his name is Jim Kirk I don't know what am I telling the future <laughs> I only have a time traveling suit you know so that that was great and at the end you see Spock finally you know cut his freaking hair and get rid of that disgusting beard put his uniform back on and then he's in now he's back to being the Spock that we know and it set the table uh, for Strange New Worlds to begin, uh, though that wasn't announced at the time. But, uh, you know, it also sets the table for uh, Ash, you know, Ash Tyler to come back, for Section 31 to come back. And again, I really feel that at some point Section 31 is marginalized because of, like, some other big screw-up that they do that by the time we get around to DS9, they exist in the shadows and nobody knows anything about them. We're here at this time, they're they're like, do-do-do, we got our own ships and we're in charge of ships. <laughs> so something is going to happen. They're going to have some kind of radical screw-up where they um, where they get their pee-pee spanked. You know, they do something really stupid <laughs> and they're going to get what? nailed. Did you you never heard that? that? You never heard that expression? I've never oh, heard that expression. Either. No, it's just, you know... It's, shit. All right. What well, that happened to you as a child, Charlie? <laughs> uh, we, we can't. We, we who, can't talk about who that. Who hurt you? Who hurt you? Who hurt where, you? Where Where should I start? <laughs> You're gonna start about uh, your like ex wives. I don't want to. Oh hear God. It. <laughs> oh, oh, I don't want. And I don't want to tell it. So anyway. Hey, did you guys catch the, the 47 reference? Oh no. They, they tend to go in one ear and out the other, but I know you catch everyone. What was it? Since it's the code, I don't catch everyone, but it's the code 47 podcast. I'm going to get them in. Yes, please. It will take Burnham two minutes and 47 seconds to reach her destination in her suit. 47. It's the magic, magic number. I'm not saying it's in all of my online passwords, but it might be. <laughs> Ooh. Richie, your, your thoughts before we move on to the news? Uh, just a bang up episode. This was a great finale and you're right. It is convenient, but, um, it convenient in a way that I don't know that I care that it's convenient. Um, normally I do, but this, I was just enthralled by everything that was going on. Um, I really liked how Burnham became the person that set the signals, how, how, Tyler kind of becomes the begin or becomes the the head of Section Thirty One, which, by the way, Section Thirty One to me I liken to like Delta Force at this point because Delta is there and they do their own thing. Like if you're like the military, right? Like uh, you're in the army and Delta Force comes in, they just wear whatever they want. They have their own stuff. They come in, they do their job, and they leave. You know, so that's what they feel like here at this point in time for me later that like you said they're going to be like cia and everything but right um but yeah the i love i think this is the episode where we i mean where where q decides he's going to go with stamets and um and i I just i love that i love Hugh and stamets together they're fantastic uh dynamic it was just great it was uh, i yeah it was just great 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 ending this is what really i this is what i was here for the whole time something like this. hey we have to just mention and charlie you'll appreciate this those outro credits that mashup of the theme songs from tos mm. and discovery that was very cool i like i love it I, well it, br- it brings it all together it's like i said being one yeah. beautiful universe oh my god i clicked on the links for the news and Aaron, you're going to do the news this week because you picked these stories. But when I clicked on the trekmovie.com, they yeah. have they have pride flags all over everything. I absolutely love. I that. know it's really nice. Um, I, just so everyone knows, Code Forty Seven is celebrating Pride all month. Yep. Got um, it. So I just wanted to put that out there. We are not impartial. We are showing our our um, support for Pride this month. So that's us. 
That's us. You guys are it. one big gay happy family. We are. <laughs> we embrace uh, the Vulcan ideology of IDIC, infinite yep. diversity and infinite combinations. That is what Star Trek has always been about. So just keep it in mind. Aaron, take it away with these news stories. So I'm not going to do a great, great job because I had another news story in that wasn't great. But this one was just published about 15 minutes before <laughs> we we started and I was like, I wonder if there's a better news story I can find. And I found this one. Rebecca Romaine teases TOS Easter eggs and fun with Spock on Star Trek. Strange new world. I know. And I, I really picked this one because I'm just amped about strange new worlds. Mm -hmm. I want to know though, does, does it look like in the photo of the news article that her comm badge is just like a little bit too high or is you know, it just the it's, perspective it's with her hair? It's so funny that you should mention that because as as a customer, you know that I'm a, <laughs> I'm a fanatic. And that when I was watching, because I watched the last few episodes today, I did notice that the comm badge is really high up on the wearer's uh uh, left breast almost to the collarbone it's like it seems like it's a lot higher than badges are in the tng era but no that is that is where it's yeah to because be. isn't it like it like man nipple well it's <laughs> uh, but i mean even look at spock in this photograph which this is this yeah is it is high from, mm-hmm. from strange worlds yeah it's it's like i said it's almost kissing the collarbone it's like maybe maybe two and a half three inches below the collarbone it's she really needs to move it down so it's like a pasty oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then he'd need two. I mean, if he's showing one nipple, it's still nudity. Everybody knows that's how that works. But anyway, what's we what, need Star what's Trek the, pasties now? I mean, what's what's the fun with Spock? What's the crux of the story? Rebecca Romaine took on the role of number one in the in the second season of Star Trek Discovery, and she is reprising the role with Ethan Peck and Spock and Anson Mount as Pike for Strange New Worlds. It's just not. It doesn't look like it's about anything but Strange New Worlds and talking about stuff we already know. But hey, I put it in. That's hey, you know what? I'm excited, and that's okay. And I do love also that she's married to Jerry O'Connell, who they call Jerry O'Connor later in this article, but Jerry O'Connell right below that, and he's the voice of Commander Ransom on Lower Decks, which Aaron has to finish watching. Yeah, before, you know. Before, August, before August. Poor Jerry O'Connor. I'll do <laughs> it. Jerry O'Connor. I, I, don't, I don't like Jerry O'Connor, except in I that I know. He's like, exactly. I mean, to me, I have trouble because he's just been typecast as a like bad 80s movie annoying fellow. Oh, he, I, he's the fat kid. Stand by me. You can't. Yeah, I feel that. some kinship for him because he was the fat kid. And now he's, you know, he's turned out OK. You know, yeah, yeah. I like that. He's no longer a fat kid and his wife is freaking gorgeous. But, you know, I still I didn't I didn't like stand by me. That wasn't my thing. I think that was more for boys. It's oh boys. What are boys good for? Well, I feel more excited about this next story because I think this is a we have a product. We kind of go in fact and forth between news and product. But this week we have a good balance. One news, one product. So what's the product news, Aaron? Okay, the product news. You don't want me to do this because I don't like this stuff. I put this in here for you. It's a bunch of cartoony (laughs) things. I, I, but it's cool. I would have they have Star Trek cartoony things. I'm going to play a fun game now where I try to guess who all the cartoony things are. Okay, oh, look, go for it. there's cute cartoony Spock, cute cartoony Cisco, cute cartoony Lower Decks Lady. Lower <laughs> Beckett Mariner. Beckett Mariner is her name. Cute yeah. cartoony Pike. Yep. Cute cartoony Picard. With his jacket open for no good reason. I mean, why not? And he doesn't have a comm badge because he doesn't work there anymore. Hey, wait a minute. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you're cute, right. I, you know what? I think they, they, Janeway. they caught okay, him getting ahead. they caught him getting dressed because his jacket is not zipped up and his comm badge is still on on the nightstand. I mean, he's it is a pandemic. He's been reading a sonnet a day on uh, <laughs> line. He's relaxing. This is his relaxation outfit. Right. Look how they just like did forehead wrinkles on him. <laughs> More so than anyone, he's like, oh, I'm so upset. Okay, so Janeway, and then who are the other ones? Um, Cartoony Archer. Yeah. Cartoony Burnham and Cartoony LaForge. Did I get them all? 
You did. I love that the Lower Decks lady. That's her new name. <laughs> These are all like really, really cute. Um, I liked them. I thought Charlie would like them because he likes to put patches and shit on stuff. So. I do. I do enjoy. <laughs> I do enjoy my flair. Oxford gives me a lot of hassle for this. His flair. He, he can. He no. can have a. He can like have a big. Space. <laughs> can have a big cup of suck it because you know what? Life. Life needs flair. That's okay. Okay. Um, you need a few more pieces of flair. Okay. 88 <laughs> individual pieces of flair. <laughs> I will do my best. Oh, my goodness. Well, ladies and germs, that is the end of the program. Rich, wrap us the fuck up. Okay. Do it. I will. For more information about Starfleet International in Michigan and beyond, please visit the USS Grand Petoskey and or or just and the USS Nomad on Facebook. The Code 47 podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network and is produced by Todd Oxtra. Todd Oxtra. So dramatic. Ladies I, give, and I gotta give him like a, a good a good punch there, right? Oh yeah, good punch. Exactly. Like correct. a punch up. You gotta get him, you know. A little punch up. Uh, ladies ladies and gentlemen, thank you uh, as always for joining us. Of course we are a part of the Secret Friends Unite Podcasting ne- Network, encompassing of four great shows, including this one, Code forty seven, all about Star Trek. The Holocron Chronicles comes out bi weekly, talks about Star Wars. Co op mode is on the opposite week, talking about video games. And every Friday since 2014, the Secret Friends Unite podcast is your uh, guide to the geek side, the full palette of all pop culture. Uh, you can find all of our website and a lo- all of our podcasts blah, blah, uh, and a lot of other great content over on our website, secretfriendsunite.com, uh, growing all the time and adding in new stuff. So please definitely do stay tuned in. You can find us over on Twitter at Secret Friends U. Uh, drop us a tweet. We'll tweet right back at you, uh, and we will talk about uh, whatever you might have, a question, a comment, a concern, etc. on one of our shows. We've got a great uh, store for merch over on tpublic.com, uh, Secret Friends Unite, obviously. Uh, they've got tees. They've got hoodies. They've got tank tops, onesies, stickers, all kinds of great stuff. They don't have the hats. They don't have the hot pants. I'm <laughs> reminded of that, uh, that that's a real bummer that they don't have those things. But go over there. Purchases there do directly uh, support the podcast uh, and our efforts to continue to bring you great stuff. So uh, with that, without further ado, I will tell you uh, again to thank you for joining us, that sharing is caring, and to keep on trekking. Kapla. And happy Pride, everybody. Yeah, happy, happy Pride. pride. And uh, infinite diversity, infinite combinations, guys.